Today's show is sponsored by Howl.fm. It's like Netflix for podcasts. And are you suffering from Game of Thrones withdrawal like I am? Season six is over. It was crazy. I won't spoil it, but I thought it was real cool. If so, Howl has the perfect remedy for you. Discover Hardcore Game of Thrones, a hilarious miniseries in which comedian Alex Berg dives into the complicated history of Westeros. I know Berg, real funny guy. He's a member of an improv group called Convoy. He always wears camouflage shorts. A good man. Listen to the 18 hours of Westeros history. You'll never be confused by a Game of Thrones plot point ever again or less. I mean, they're always confusing. I've read all the books and watched all the show, and I'm confused by them. Want to know more about the Kranig men? Can we finally start talking about the Kranig men? Howlin' Reed, what's he up to? With Howl Premium, you also get access to more than 150 hours of Howl original miniseries and over 100 comedy albums. If you haven't signed up for Howl yet, you can use code BEAUTIFUL when you check out on Howl.fm to get a month of Howl Premium for free, that's H-O-W-L.fm. Use the promo code BEAUTIFUL for a one-month free trial of Howl Premium. You guys, I'm very happy to be part of Earwolf, the Earwolf family. They've welcomed me and they let me try something new, and it's been cool to meet all you guys through it. Another new show coming down the pike, Nagin Farsad is hosting a show called Fake the Nation, I hope everybody checks it out. Politics, I'm obsessing over them this year. I bet a lot of people are. I read about them all the time, and it's a, it's ripe for um, stress and debate and also laughs. And uh, Nagin's going to bring all those things to the table with Fake the Nation. So check it out if you are politically minded, if you want, if you need the stress relief of laughing in these tense political times. I highly recommend Fake the Nation from Earwolf and Nagin Farsad. Check it out. Enjoy it. Oh, hi there. Hello. You're listening to a show. I bet you're wondering who I am. My name's Chris Gethard, and the show is called Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People. It's one phone call, one hour, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. We have another anonymous phone call. That I'm about to send your way. This one was really fascinating to me because there's a thing about this call that I, I really enjoy, which is that, you know, a lot of people call up and they talk about stories from their past or maybe they philosophize about things. But this call really takes an interesting turn about halfway through. I wonder if you guys will be as into, it, into this as I am, where you actually start to just hear a person live in the present. Stops talking about the past and I realize we're just in the present and a lot of it's defined by the location he winds up in and the people he's around. And it's just, uh, to me, it got really interesting. I started to almost feel like I was like living this guy's life with him through the phone. It was really a trippy experience for me. Hope it's a trippy experience for you. And uh, thank you, caller, for calling up and being so honest. Check it out. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hi. Welcome, this is Chris Gethard. Hey. Um, thank hey, you. Hey, how's it going, Chris? It's good. Thanks for calling in. What do we wanna what do we wanna talk about? Um okay, well I guess uh, I'm waiting for a train right now. It's delayed about twenty minutes, uh, which sucks. Oh, wow. Um but the last time I got like an interesting train story. Um I usually try and catch uh like a uh, the I don't even want to reveal where I am, I guess, but keep okay. it completely anonymous. That's up to but, you. Um, Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm I'm based right around Philadelphia. So uh, I usually try and catch the step the line. The uh, the quiet ride is the first car, 
and uh, you know, keep it quiet between whatever hours so people can just, I don't know, do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, I was in there one day, and some dude gets on. He's got uh, sunglasses, and it's him and like those friends, kind of brilly atmosphere. And um, they, uh, uh, he's just yelling into his cell phone to a completely second stop. Of the dog. Thank you. And uh, so yeah, he. Um, he's just yelling and this one woman who was working on something is just so annoyed at him. Um, and I think kind of defeating the purpose of the quiet card, she yells out, excuse me, this is the quiet ride. And, uh, he just, he like meekly looks up and just, um, hangs up the phone call. And then we get to the train stop, like the next stop and he moves cars, but he turns to her quick and he goes, Hey, just so you know, I'm colorblind. And he leaves. What does that mean? And, what does um, that have to do with anything? My, I have no idea. My initial gut reaction was, oh, no, she must feel so bad because he's colorblind. And then I, it, 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 I paused, and I was just like, that makes no goddamn sense at no, all. <laughs> absolutely no bearing on your ability to stay quiet in a quiet car. It's, it's, a, com- it's a completely weak argument, it's in my, my it's, opinion. I would say, um, and I know who am I to judge? I'm sure it has an effect on people who live with it, but I would imagine that it's... As far as disabilities go, it's one of the it's one of the ones that at least impedes your ability to live. Absolutely, and it's not like the, the trains are color coordinated or something. In no way, it's not like you wouldn't have picked up on that. No, not at all. Yeah, it's so, spelled out in letters. Um, I'm sure yeah. it says "quiet car" somewhere. I'm sure there's announcements uh, that are it, verbal. There are, there are signs, Chris. There's no it's <laughs> there a bunch of color codes. Yeah. So how come yeah. you're on, how come you're on so, trains so much? How come you're always on trains? You're waiting for a train now. You got a story uh, I, about other trains. You're a train guy, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm commuting to college this year. Uh, last year it didn't work out so well, or it, did, it worked out pretty well dorming. But uh, my plans for living on on campus in Philadelphia, South Korea, so I am now commuting an hour out from home. Okay, so you didn't drop out of college or switch colleges. You're just uh, no, no, no. You're going your same college. What happened? The roommate. The roommate yes. was a bummer. Was it financial? What was the uh, what's the impetus with this? We um we had we had gone to a place. Uh, uh, the college I go to. It's kind of like the off-campus housing. Uh, it's not of the best of areas, so the off uh, the off-campus housing is kind of jacked up mm. purposefully just to kind of screw over the uh, the college kids. So um, we had gone to a place under the pretense that it was like five ninety nine a month, and then. Uh, when you added in like, oh, you wanted furniture or you wanted to be like furnished instead of bringing in your own shit or, uh, you know, with utilities ended up being around a thousand a month. Wow. And, uh, yeah, we just, I couldn't do that. So they ended up getting a separate place to go to you guys. I was, I was looking with, and, uh, it was like May. And, uh, I was just like, at that point, there was a lot of other stuff going on in my family. I was just, you know, let's just, let's just see how commuting works. So, Okay. Now I'm going to say something, and yeah. I don't mean it to be judgmental. When I went Absolutely. to college, commuter kids were kind of regarded as weirdos. <laughs> I think that's the I think that's the uh, common uh, people people throw the side eye at commuters in general. Do you feel that? Do you yeah, feel that you, judgment? Have you have you put yourself in a social class? You definitely do feel a judgment. Um, I was lucky enough to have um, friends already down here, so I don't really have like a a weirdo status with them. They still know me as the same guy. Okay. So that's nice. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely do understand. It's like, uh, Oh, where are you living this year? And it's just, Oh, I'm, I'm at home. And they're just like, Oh, that's interesting. And then that's kind of the end of that conversation. They, yeah. they see it as um, a pity party almost. Really? 
yeah, almost, I'd say. Like, uh, there's uh, some sort of, uh, I don't know if I'd say stigma, but uh, definitely some sort of negative thing about it. Do you uh, just crash with your friends all the time now, or no? Yeah, I do try to hang, hang out with my friends, but I also try and plan it so I can just get the hell out of here because, you know, uh, I like being home. I'm a homebody, so it works out pretty well with that regard. Now, you said it's an hour out, so I imagine you're in the suburbs. I am, yeah. So even on the weekends, you don't go in because Philly's where it's at right now, right? Isn't Philly where all like the music and art and food is right now? Yeah, yeah, it really is. But yeah, no, I uh, you're not down. I'm not usually down now. I'm the quiet one. You are, or I guess I I present myself um, differently than I actually am. I find myself much more introverted, and uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. So your friends are living this college <laughs> life. There's all these people. They're partying. They're young. I imagine you're somewhere between the age of 19 and 23, let's say. And uh, this, 20, yes. You're 20 years old. This is the when most people want to party the most. They want to get into trouble. They want to drink. They want to hook up. They want to discover life that way. You're in a city mm-hmm. where right now, culturally, things are booming. Everything. All the good punk rock is in Philly right now. All everything yeah, is happening right. in Philly. You're right in the middle of it. Twenty year old guy, college friend. You sound really confident. No weekends. You're chilling in the burbs, <laughs> doing your own thing. You're just watching Netflix. You're watching Netflix at home in the burbs. Oh, of course. Um, yeah, no. I would also I'd be questioning uh, the confidence. Um, I think you might be thinking I sound it, but I definitely lack it severely. Oh wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, Getting well, I'm sorry. Maybe, I mean, no, yeah, let's get deep. Let's go for it, my man. I got no judgment. This is a judgment-free zone. Um, but you sound, I mean, you, you don't, you don't, I'm, you don't, you sound like a person who's very social. This conversation, I would say, has been far more comfortable than most conversations I have. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, 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 I can be, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I think, I don't know. I don't know what it is, honestly. I just, I feel uh, a sense of discomfort or a sense of anxiety. Um, with everything, I feel like there is a, uh, a requirement to perform, um, oh, that I can reach, but then, uh, I choose not to. Sometimes. I know that feeling. I know that feeling of like, you got to put on a little bit of a I show. I also think, um, and I think you also have the similar background. I was raised Roman Catholic, went Catholic mm-hmm. school 12 years. Mm-hmm. They, uh, can tend to stunt your, uh, not development, but they definitely make you more fearful of things. They they get that fear of God at you real good. Everything's guilt driven. So let's talk a little bit. Yeah, How yeah. would you explain? Because be you know being Catholic back you know back in like the uh, you know the the turn of the twentieth century, the Catholics were reviled as mm-hmm. uh, as scum as like a as a virus infesting the U.S. I don't think it's that anymore. I never felt that, but I do feel like there is. It instills you with a deep sense of shame and. Uh, um, and, and guilt, everything's guilt driven. I think that's still very true. I I would agree with that. Yeah. And did you go, you went to a Catholic I, school. My parents were going to send me to a Catholic school, but they both went to Catholic school. And at the last minute they were like, wait, we didn't like that. So I got sent to a public school. I don't know <laughs> if that was better or worse. Did you go to like an all boys? Was it an all boys thing? No, it was a co-ed school. Co-ed um, school. The thing was though, with the Catholic school, I mean, I, uh, the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, which uh, they're struggling kind of with enrollment, so very small classes. Uh-huh. So it's one of those things where everybody kind of knows everybody's shit, and okay. you're just like, oh, I, this is unhealthy. Especially if like you go to school with the same people. I went uh, the elementary school. I had also doubled as a middle school, so it was kindergarten through eighth grade. And did um, any of those other people wind then, up high school as well? Were there people you ran the whole gamut yeah. with? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's like, we know everybody's shit for 12 years. And it's just like, I don't know how healthy that is. And are you at one of the Catholic colleges in Philly? I know there's a bunch of those. My brother I went am to not. My brother went to LaSalle. Yeah, he went to LaSalle. Oh, you know where my brother went that to school. Is that weird that I know that? It is a little <laughs> weird. It makes me feel exposed. It makes me feel slightly unsafe. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I don't okay. want to reveal, uh, reveal much about that, but I may be friends with uh, Greg on Facebook, but that's fine. Oh, that's good. I imagine. Uh, he doesn't know me. Yeah, I'm well. going to go ahead and guess one thing about you. You might be a fan of Tom Sharpling. True or false? True, but that's actually not how the connection was made with him. Wow, okay. Um, I'll leave but it alone. Yeah. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. So can I ask something? I feel like it's better with that mystery. I'm going to put this out here. You don't have to say anything you don't want. You vaguely at one point said, I moved home and this and that and, and the financial stuff. And also I have a lot of family stuff going on. Do you want to talk about the family stuff? You don't have to. You can if you want to. It just stuck in my brain that you mentioned it. <laughs> um, it wasn't really a family um issue i mean there is stuff there but it's not that wasn't the reason uh, for the commuting the commuting was more uh my dad was losing his job of 30 years and up until around like early august it wasn't really looking one way or another whether or not we were gonna be able to make sure he had a job so i, I also just thought it'd be better to not have to worry about paying five thousand for a dorm or something that's um, rad so you stepped up you, know, you said i'll take this social hit on behalf of my family in this time of need. And also it allows me to embrace the fact that maybe I'm a little bit of an introvert who now has a good reason to just hang out in the suburbs every Friday night, watch him making a murderer. <laughs> exactly. It becomes a thing of, um, I'm sorry, I'm looking for the train. It becomes a thing of, uh, where, yeah, I do enjoy that, but it's also a question of, I've been questioning a lot if I fall into comfort, if mm -hmm. I'm not pushing myself enough to try things, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's that's a, that's a big question on my mind recently. What kind um, of things? What kind of things do you want to try that you're that you're feeling like maybe know, you're hanging I, back from? I I um I don't want to reveal too much about me, especially because I think I have friends who are going to listen to this show. Okay, but uh, whenever it comes out, if it's going to come out, but will, uh, I do. Um, oh, it will. I'm kind of involved. Um, oh, it will. I'm kind of involved on the uh, the comedy scene on campus, and um, uh -huh. in, a, in a pretty big way actually. And I've never extended it to Philly itself. Um, so I've even thinking like open mics or anything, if I can just find something in the city at some point, um, with regards to that, uh -huh. that's something that I've been thinking about. I ever wanted to try or just, you know, um, meeting other people than the uh, five people that I will sometimes get lunch with on a daily basis. So, yeah. So, so. I feel like we're at a crossroads here with this thing. Cause I feel like, okay. I, I feel like you, you keep, you keep dipping, you're dipping your toes in two different pools on me here. You're saying, well, I went out to the suburbs. There's a financial stuff. There was some deceptive landlord behaviors. My dad's job. We didn't know if we had the money, so I figured it would be the smart, responsible thing to do my, for my family. But then you also keep slipping in these things like, I only get lunch with five people. I'm an introvert, and I like hiding from people. So which one is it, man? Which one is it? <laughs> um, I think it's one masking itself as the other. Which one is it? Um, uh, so I definitely do think it's... Uh, like I, I have intentions to come back here, uh -huh. uh, to the like move back to campus next year. But I definitely do think it was a thing where it was just I felt out of my element, um, mm -hmm. at least in my freshman year. And then I was like, I think it would be good to just have a breather. I enjoyed the classes. I excelled. I actually do really well in classes. Mm -hmm. Humble brag. But uh, yeah, it was just a question of. Um, <laughs> sounded like an outright brag. You know, that didn't sound like a humble brag. That just sounded like you were <laughs> bragging about your academic touché, abilities. Touché. Because here's another that, thing I know about Philly. True. I like Philly. My brother lives in Philly. I think it's a cool town. And I think especially the last like three or four years, it's gotten like really cool. 
Um, and like, has it also oh, gotten, yeah. you tell me, has it also gotten like a little less, um, like I always used to feel like Philly was kind of like a rough town, but now it feels like, 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 uh, as a comedian, I once got in trouble because I wrote an article about how it's a really rough town to perform, but I actually feel like the past like five years in particular has become one of the most art supportive. It feels like a very art supportive place now. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I do think it's, uh, it's, it's nicer in some places than it is in others. Because here's one thing. You said all the financial stuff and they bumped the rent up to a thousand, which first of all, I will say this as a New Yorker, the idea that you're like, oh, an apartment costs a thousand dollars as a New Yorker. It just makes me so angry that I live in a place where that's like a pipe dream to live for a thousand dollars a month. But Philly, if you wanted to find a cheap place, you could go find a cheap place. There's cheap places to live in Philly. You don't have to move all the way back home. You could have found another room. So you're hiding out, man. That is true. You're hiding in the suburbs. You're hiding from the things that scare you. You can't face down your demons because your demons live in Philadelphia. It's the city of brotherly love for some, but for you, it's a city that fills you with fear and you're scared to face it down. So you're out in those burbs. True or false? I'd say half true. I'd say you're right. I do do think there definitely is some um, animosity. You you did respond to that with the well-evened, the even-keeled... Well thought out tone I have come to expect from this conversation. <laughs> Are you expecting a bold hot take at some point? I was trying to uh, break you. Deliver? I was trying to break you emotionally. At that <laughs> point, I was really gunning to try to get you to really like. I was hoping for like a long withdrawn pause, and then you'd let out a sigh and maybe start like uh, quietly weeping, <laughs> and then I'd ask you if you were, and I'd yeah. deny it. But instead, you were like, "No, I've thought about all this stuff, and I know my deal." And yeah. <laughs> it's a problem, but I'm going to face it down. I was I was surprisingly level-headed, and you know what? I think that uh, I appreciate that I was able to keep that composure. You were. Uh, I'm proud of myself in this moment. You should be. You should be. <laughs> no, um, but going back to that, to the area situation, um, you went full of Sal. I I go to Temple, which is you know right a, a stone's throw away. Oh, nice. It's my brother not, went. Uh, my brother went to Sal. I went to Rutgers University. Oh, your brother went to Sal. I'm sorry. That's you're okay. Right. Went I to went Rutgers. to Rutgers, yeah. and your football team keeps stealing commits, keeps stealing high school kids from our football team. I don't particularly care about football, but I noticed this running thing where Temple keeps getting all the Jersey kids. <laughs> yeah, and today's what the signing day, isn't it? It is signing day, and you guys got that coach Matt Rule, right? Everybody loves that coach. Yeah, Coach Rule. Yeah, yeah. Except they want to build a stadium now, and that is not going to fly really well. Really? Um, now going to build a stadium. Um, here's the thing I like about Philly because oh, Temple had a really good football season this year, right? But historically, mm-hmm. they're, historically, they're not like a sports powerhouse, right? Like they come and historically, go. they've been terrible. And then my brother told me that. <clears throat> excuse me, my brother told me that when Temple was winning games. Got to a point where I think they played Notre Dame, and he was like, you would think everybody in Philly has been like hardcore Temple fans for the past 30 years. He's like, everybody's wearing Temple jerseys. Everybody's like breaking down how they're going to take down Notre Dame. It seems like Philly rallies hard around the underdog stories. They do. Absolutely. They love the bandwagon onto an underdog. Um, yeah, and then, of course, they lost that game to Notre Dame. I was excited for it. Um, you were. Of course, I watched it from the suburbs. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, yeah, uh-huh. I, uh, yeah, uh-huh. But, yeah, I, uh, you know, um, it, you know, it was, uh, it's, 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 it's interesting to see everybody kind of latch on to something and really want it 
to happen. Like, I think, I think, uh, they had pitched the stadium originally like two years ago and it was like, yeah, okay, we're not going to like, why would we do that? That's going to be a waste of money. But now you have one good season and everybody's like, I think this is a feasible and economically sound idea that we should absolutely go forward with. (laughs) Um, yeah. So do you fashion fashion yourself an underdog? Are you in the long line of long lineage of Philly underdogs? Uh, I would say yes, maybe. I don't know. Does that sound like self-centered? I feel like that sounds a little self-centered to call yourself <laughs> champion yourself as an underdog. Well, I think if you're if you're, I, asked, I know that's kind of your. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is. If it's self-centered, then I'm the biggest narcissist on earth because I have long proclaimed myself <laughs> an underdog proudly. But I do think there's something <laughs> funny. There's something really low self-esteem about saying like. Hey, are you an underdog? Which naturally means like you're a guy who's not on top, who's like fighting for things and struggling. And you're like, I would say <laughs> that I'm that, but that might be self-centered. That might be arrogant to say that I'm struggling. To say that. Yeah. To say I'm not on top might be arrogant of me. That that shows right. a lot. That shows a lot about how you're thinking out there. Yeah. I think I think I I definitely I've never gone to a therapist to seek uh, help because I don't think I've really, I don't know. I know people who have situations much worse than me and I know that, you know, situations can vary and that doesn't mean one situation is worse than another, but, um, I've never sought out help, but I do think, uh, I definitely suffered from anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. I think that kind of drives me to think that every accomplishment I get, uh, is lesser than mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. I get yeah. that. Yeah. What gives you the most anxiety? What is it? What triggers it the most? This seems like a good time to take a quick break. We're going to be right back with the conversation. Believe me, it'll just be after this. I tell you guys, I'm a big basketball fan. My New York Knicks looking real exciting this year for the first time in a couple years. I'm going to be using SeatGeek a lot In the coming months, it's the best place to look for tickets to games, concerts. Got that app on my phone, and I'm going to be looking for those Knicks tickets as soon as Derrick Rose gets to town, as soon as Noah gets here. Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites, ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work. You save time. You save money. You're not sitting here clicking refresh, wondering if you're getting ripped off. They do all the work for you. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You will immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the free SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter promo code BEAUTIFUL. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app. Enter promo code BEAUTIFUL, B-E-A-U-T-I-F-U-L, today. Look, I get it. Trips to the post office, they've become second nature at this point. We've all done that. We've all been going to the post office from the days we were born. It's always been there. It seems easy because you've been doing it that way. You do your mail and your shipping that way for so long. But guess what? So much hassle. You got to drop what you're doing, carry all your stuff there. You drive there. You find parking. You wait on lines. It's an outdated system. We're in a modern world, and there's a much better, more modern way. Stamps.com. Stamps.com is the easiest 
most convenient way to get postage right from your desk. You buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer, your own printer. With Stamps.com, there is no guesswork. They make it easy to get exact postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail. The instant you need it, that really gets me when I'm holding a letter and I'm going, I don't even know how to find out how much I need to pay. Stamps.com, they help you out. No expensive postage meters to lease. No more trips to the post office. You got to try this, okay? I recommend Stamps.com. My wife, her band, she's she's always doing mail orders. She's a DIY hustler with her band. She's always running back and forth. I'm like, no, let's get the Stamps.com action going. Make our lives simpler, easier. Sign up for Stamps.com. Use my promo code BEAUTIFUL for this special offer. It's a four-week trial plus a $110 bonus offer, including postage and a digital scale. Do not wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. You type in my promo code BEAUTIFUL. That's Stamps.com. Enter the promo code BEAUTIFUL. It's all about the phone calls, baby, so let's get back into it. Here we go. What gives you the most anxiety? What is it? What triggers it the most? Uh, I would think... Uh, it's just trying to do too much at once. Okay. Um, so, and like, uh, I'm involved in this, uh, the comedy scene. I actually work on a show on campus and, um, like a, like a, like a, like a television show. Oh, and, campus uh, TV station. Having, yeah. I yeah, love that. A comedy show on the, the network. Yeah, it's great. Um, but I, I feel like at some point it's just, you try to juggle too many balls with trying to, um, you know, deal with people who may not be putting in their part on it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe okay. a slacking producer or something. Ooh, I'm I not like naming this. names. I like this. No, 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 no. You don't have to name <laughs> names, but let's talk some shit. Let's vent some rage. Or do you think all those people are going to listen to it? I don't care if they are. So you're saying there's some people who ain't carrying their end of the load. They just want the glory of the college television station, and they don't want to put in the legwork <laughs> of the college television station. I would say it's, it's more complicated than that. I would say we have a... Uh, a producer on the show. Oh man, I can't believe I'm saying this. We have a producer on the show who uh, is uh, is in a different background than comedy. She comes from a more news background perspective. She's like a journalism major, uh-huh. and she is absolutely great at that. I'm sure, mm-hmm. but that doesn't really lend itself to a comedic program in so a you, lot of ways that you would imagine. So you got this so comedy person. You, you got this non-comedy person who has some authority to call some shots, and it's ruining the. It's the laughs are going away. I, I yeah, I would say that. I would well, say that's fair, probably. And it's also just it's a lack it's mostly <laughs> it's evident a lot in our um our pre taped pieces where she will try to edit them. Everything and, feels uh, like a weird like twenty twenty because it's edited. Everything feels like a twenty twenty piece. It feels like a news piece in a weird way, like we'll do man on the street style stuff and it just it is not what we meant at all to do. Well, I can tell it's you, weird. I don't want to get myself in trouble here, but it sounds like we're both maybe uh, airing some things. I'll say if the problem with your, your college TV station is that people who don't understand comedy are meddling in your production and, and making it harder to do comedy, you're getting the best education in what the real world television <laughs> industry is like. And that continues. That's a She is also training for a long career in, in comedy. Uh, because there are people like that every step of the way, and you're, it is a, yeah. it's a blessing for you to learn how to navigate those people. Because what you have to do, my friend, if I may speak from the, exactly, the perspective yeah. of someone who has worked in television a little bit, 
is your job is to right. trick this person into thinking that your good ideas are her good ideas so she can feel like she's taking right. credit for things that actually are you avoiding her input. Um, that's, well, she'll take credit for it anyway. That does not stop her. Ooh, so. I love this. Let's, get, let's pull out the claws, baby. Let's pull out the claws. Chris, I'm telling you, I, I'm, I talked to one of the writers on the show with me today. He said, hey, I don't know if you heard Chris is coming to fill a moke. And I said, oh, that's great. And then I got this tweet about you doing the show. And now I'm just thinking of him listening to this uh-huh. and going, holy shit, I, that's, that's him. <laughs> oh, so you, and you bring um, that up to let your buddy know, Hey, I'm not actually, that's your way of sending him the message. It's not about, this is not about everybody at the TV show. Oh, I enjoy a lot of the writers. I think all the writing team I enjoy. That's um, good. I'm actually the head writer, which Ooh. I think is again, completely ridiculous to me being, uh, the feeling this like anxiety or maybe it stems from it. I don't know. So wait, how but, um, do you uh, how do you pull that off if you don't even live on campus? <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's painstaking. Uh, it's all, mm-hmm. well, we do a lot of work via email on um, Google Docs and stuff. The internet has kind of changed that. Yeah. And I think also you brainstorm independently and then come together and figure out what pieces work best and what but doesn't. This is a campus um, station, so this means you don't even get the station. Oh no, no, I do. I will stay down late on days when we have writers meetings or if we do a taping. Like we have a taping coming up in a couple of weeks and I'll stay down till probably ten o'clock at night and then catch a train home. Can I ask, has the campus embraced your show? Are you guys like local legends on campus? Is it like oh you're those guys, like you're campus celebrities? <laughs> we are about we're no, I would not say I'm a campus celebrity. Okay. Um, I would say uh we're about we're about one year in and we've had one host change because uh the former host graduated. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. we're trying to find our footing. Do you get um, lots of emails? You know, Do you get the feedback? Are you starting to feel those people reaching out saying, Hey, you guys are onto something? I like it. I, I think so. We get support from like uh we have like an academic advisor who will assist us with the production and everything. And I think he it's really glad that it exists and that it's a thing. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. But I, 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 I think we are we aren't really latching on yet as much as we'd like. What do um, we got to do? What do we got to get? In, what do we got to do to get this news producer to quit? What do we got to do to ride her out of town? What do we got to do to get her to leave uh, Philly forever? She's going to do that herself. She's graduating in about a semester. And are you counting, um, down, you're counting down the days? You're counting down the days. You're counting down the hours. <laughs> You know you are. You know you're a very nice guy, and you're very well natured, and that laugh is the laugh of a nice guy. But deep in your heart, you're like, "Oh, May can't come soon enough. May can't come soon (laughs) enough." And then I, as the head writer, I'm going to step up and try to install uh, a puppet dictator that I can secretly control for the next few years, and uh, some some weak willed person that I can just call my shots, and they'll just sign off on them. That's what you want. Um, no, I think that's already kind of being done. We have uh, a lot of uh, writers are stepping up to be producers, uh-huh. so I'm very happy about that. So they're pushing back the um, tide of this dictator, this news, this news dictator. <laughs> There's a quiet rebellion happening. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just have to pause and say I still have not gotten my train, and I don't know where the fuck it could be. That, I'm what? so intrigued by that. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I remember when I was at Rutgers and I used to come into New York to do um, comedy stuff. If you're an anxiety-riddled person, being a commuter is one of the worst things you can be. Just putting your schedule yeah. in the hands of public transportation, if you're prone to anxiety, is just about the worst fate you can have. Of just you're full just of anxiety. And if you I, can't see that I'm nodding. Uh huh. But I am nodding. I can yeah. feel it. Oh, I can yeah. feel it through Especially- the phone. <laughs> 
especially because we had that uh, that snowstorm recently. I think you know New York got it too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But then it went back to being yeah, unseasonably completely. warm in a way that's actually kind of terrifying. It's I am yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's nuts. Um, but yeah, so that was a fun experience, especially because every other school, uh, the minor, not the colleges, every other like high school and everything, they shut down. Um, and then I'm waiting at like a diner at seven o'clock at night and I get a notification that I have to go to college. I have to go to class tomorrow. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> we're going to figure out how that works. Um, oh, man. and of course, because I am that anxiety anxious person, I won't miss a class. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, you got stomach problems. Do you get the stomach problems from the anxiety? I don't get the stomach problems. No, I do notice, um, I don't know if it's uh, related to anxiety or related to just me being a more rotund person, but I do have like gas stuff as of late, which is weird. You're you're um, a rotund and gassy man, is what you just said. I want to just underline that you just I'm, did I'm reveal yourself as a I'm rotund, gassy man. I'm like I'm like I'm like I'm like a less white Michelin man, Chris. Interesting. Um, it's a it's a very <laughs> vivid description. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, no, I don't really get the stomach things out. Um, uh-huh. No, mine's more uh, just like, holy shit, can you hear that? Yeah, was that a is gunshot? That, what was that? This is, it's not a gunshot. It's, I think somebody's taking a dumpster and just trying to dump it into a trash uh, trash uh, truck. Wow. So that someone with the authority. This is someone with the authority to dump a dumpster. This is not a random. No one. This is not a dumpster <laughs> under siege. No, no, I don't. I don't think this is just random citizens taking it upon themselves to clear trash. But that's good. I, this is a. This is machinery. Uh huh. Um, uh huh. Yeah. So I apologize for that. Um, I completely hey, forget what hey, we were talking. The last thing you need to apologize for is a dumpster being dumped. You have nothing to do with that. <laughs> You have literally nothing to do with that, and there's no world in which you need to apologize for a garbage routine routine garbage cleanup in a train station. That's not on you, bro. <laughs> well, thank you, Chris. Again, Catholic guilt grained in there. <laughs> yeah, it's really um, in there with you, huh? It is pretty grained in me. Yeah, I'm trying to say this in my train. I'm sorry if you're saying something. I'm just I can't you even keep read apologizing. What it says. You keep apologizing. You just apologize for everything else. <laughs> You don't have to apologize, man. I don't Should even I apologize know you. for apologizing? No. Oh, this one, uh, this I could catch this train. You're going to jump on that train? Yeah, I'll catch this train. I'm going to catch on this train real quick. I think I'm going to try and stay on the call. I don't know how much time we have. Ooh, I would love Let's that. We have 31 minutes and 23 seconds, according to my clock. So you're there gonna, you go. You're going to sit on this point, train and enrage Philly commuters. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can... Uh, and uh, we'll see how this goes. Okay. I'll see how crowded it so is. So walk me I through it. I, I want you to narrate path. it. I want you to narrate it as you get on the train. I want you to tell me what you see. I want you to out loud tell me what kind of other people you see on the train. Um, and, and, <laughs> and I know that will fill you with anxiety, but I, I want to know. I want, I, want, I want to know. I want to be able to shut my eyes and visually see this. Because um, it was, <laughs> this could be – I don't know exactly where you live. This could be SEPTA. No, but you said Philly Archdiocese. So, yeah, it's probably SEPTA. It's probably not NJ Transit. Talking SEPTA here, I You imagine. are correct. Okay. You are correct. So tell me, is everybody yeah. lined up? Is everybody, uh, are the, is the train pulling to a stop? Are people jostling yeah. to get yeah, to? Yeah, we're on right now, actually. You're on. You've walked onto the train. Uh-huh. Are there seats? Are, are there seats available? Are there empty rows? Are you going to have to sit next to a stranger? <laughs> we, uh, we worked it out. I am, uh, I'm in my own 
row. You're in your own row. Are we talking a two-seat row or a three-seat row? Is there the potential that two-seat row, probably no one joins. Three-seat row, someone might join. Someone might sit on the end. We're talking about a three-seater. Okay, so a three-seat row. So there is the potential. This is a hot scoop. This is a hot scoop is that at any point, someone may sit down next to you while you do this. Do you put your bag down in the middle to make sure no one sits next to you? Like directly you next to you. You just nailed that. Okay, so you got your yes, laptop. I imagine absolutely. you're going to school, so this is either a backpack or a laptop bag. Sitting, I can see it. I'm actually heading home, but yeah. Oh, you're heading home. Great, but still. still I work my day, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, can you do me a favor? Can you do me a thing? If I'll, I'll someone does, if someone does come and sit with you on the three-seater, can you try to convince them to also get on the phone just for a second? <laughs> is there anyone? In I, fact, uh, how crowded is this train car? Is there anyone you think, if you're looking around and you're an anxiety-riddled man, so I know this might be a lot to ask, but maybe we can overcome some of these demons together right now. Do you see anyone on this train who you think might also be willing to talk with me on the phone just for a minute? I'm looking around. I am not entirely sure of that. I'm also talking into my uh, earbuds. Okay, you're talking so, into earbuds. Which, by the way, I, I did not realize was a thing that people did until I started going to college. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't realize. I just thought people were talking to themselves for a solid two weeks. Yeah. Um, and I just accepted that as a fact. So you thought the that world happened. was crazy. Um, you thought like 30% of the people walking past you on the street were just out of their minds. Absolutely. I like this. I like, I mean, you're the definite, you're 20 years old, you're in college, you're going from the burbs to the big city and you're learning about the world every step you take. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So who's the, I know you're going to have to speak quietly. One thing I do, anytime I get on a train, especially, uh, especially, uh, not like a subway, but especially the type of train you're on, who you look around, I always look around and try to gauge who's the, who's the person I need to be most worried about here. Who's going to flip out? <laughs> Who's the person that? So I know you might need to speak quietly, but tell me who that person is. Um, Who's the person that's raising the most red flags on your train car? Um, uh, I think it may be the. Uh, uh, it may be the uh, person across. The person across from you. Yeah, I don't know if you could hear that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I did hear someone talking in the background. I assumed it was a ticket taker. Was it not? Was it the person across from you? It was. No, okay. it was. Um, yeah. Trying to just announce <laughs> where we're stepping next. Okay, so that was the ticket taker. So we got a person across from you. They're a little bit concerning. I know you can't outright say things that would indicate who this person is, but just as as descriptive as you can get, what are the concerns with this person? Um, uh, retired mafia member. A, retired, a retired mafia member. So you're seeing the person across from you who you think maybe, maybe uh, has broken a thumb or two over a gambling debt. <laughs> um, I would say that wouldn't be too far off. Okay, so there's a tough-looking person who seems to maybe be Italian sitting across from you. This is a no-nonsense individual. We're talking slick back hair? We're talking jewelry? We got jewelry? Oh, yeah. Visible jewelry? Well, uh, No. No but, visible um, jewelry. Definitely to the first one. Yes, or what's left of it. Uh-huh. Okay, slick back hair, poly walnut style. Poly walnut's haircut on the train <laughs> right across from me. We're talking windbreaker. We're talking windbreaker. We're talking leather jacket. Uh, we are talking uh, windbreaker. Option one is windbreaker. That's great. If you don't want to out yourself, I'll give you options. 
Okay. Uh, Thank you. Yes, that works. Okay. Here. Option one. Uh-huh. I didn't know if you could hear me the first time. Option okay. one. Yes. Option one. Windbreaker zipped up, or option two. Windbreaker is open. Open. Option two. It is open. Option one. Under the windbreaker is a tank top, or option two. Under the windbreaker is not a tank top. Um. Option two. Option two. No tank top. Okay. Option one. This person has visible scars. Option two, no visible scars. Uh, option two. Option two, I, no. I think it's more um, something I manifested in my own head, but I, I still stand by my original claim. Okay. So you're scaling this back that you don't think this is a retired mafia member. It may just be a reasonably tough American of Italian descent. Chris, um, I, I, think, I think it exists. I think it's, it's reasonable to say that I may be just afraid of, uh, that anybody could potentially hurt uh-huh. me at any given moment just okay. due to my size and stature. So. Are, you saying, are you saying that when I asked you who's the most intimidating person on this train car, your answer was likely going to be whoever was sitting closest to you? Not true. Okay. Okay. I did glance around and I, yeah, I, I, I examined the threat. And I weighed options and uh, uh-huh. determined, yes. Great. Now I'm going to yeah, ask you, I'm going to ask you a question that you have every right to say no to. I'm not going to push you into a place where you're uncomfortable. Is there any <laughs> world, is there any world in which this Italian guy winds up on your phone with me in the next minute? I would... This call's going really well, I would like to think. I hope you guys are enjoying it. That being said... Got to take a break for me to tell you about some of the, the kind people that help make this show happen. Today's episode sponsored by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, the ever-important online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Squarespace, very easy to create a website. Simple, intuitive You can't mess it up. You add your Ranger content. It's all, you can do it just with your mouse. Free custom domain. Squarespace makes adding a domain to your site simple. You sign up for a year, you receive a custom domain for free for a year. Could not be more easy to understand. And I tell you, I've had that experience. I've mentioned this before. The Chris Gethard Show's website. We needed this thing up online. We needed to move quick. Where did we go? We went to Squarespace and our fans loved it. They loved it more than the fancy pants pro designer website we had been using, which was very confusing and not intuitive, like Squarespace is. They got all sorts of templates, seamless commerce tools, customer support. Squarespace offers 24-7 customer support, which is great for people like me who don't know what they're doing. You get on there, technical problems, whatever. However trivial it seems, they will answer your question. They're always online to assist you. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code CG to get 10% off your first purchase. CG, like Chris Gethard, which is my name. Squarespace.com. Promo code CG, 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, set your website apart. I am happy to report it's time to return to our call. Is there any world in which this Italian guy winds up on your phone with me in the next minute? I would be very surprised and i'm gonna i <laughs> i i don't i don't think that's a possibility you're not you're not talking to this guy this guy is not a guy you just like try to strike up a combo with <laughs> this is not a dude here like hey you want to talk on the phone the with the people i'm on the phone with this is not that guy 
Hey, do you do you know what Earwolf is? Yeah, do you know what um, Earwolf is? Yeah, I don't think that. I don't Comedy think that Bang Bang, Hollywood well. Handbook. <laughs> Marissa Wampler, you like you're big Marissa Wampler fan, bro. <laughs> you're a Skyler Brothers fan, I think. You like John Gabris, bro? <laughs> okay, well, you, we do. Uh, you see Lauren Lapkus in that movie? Yeah, yeah. You want to be the, uh, yeah. you want to host a show where Lauren Lapkus is your guest? <laughs> yeah, it takes a second yeah. to wrap your head around yeah, the premise, but once you get there, you're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> we can run down the list, bro. I'm, call, I'm naming names, man. Earwolf, Earwolf East Coast. With, I'm, I'm the biggie, man. I'm the biggie of the East Coast, and I'm calling out. I'm calling out all those Death Row Records guys on the West Coast. There's a new regime coming, man. There's a new regime coming, and I'm bad boy. I'm, I'm Puff Daddy. Um, I can't, I can't wait for the biopic. I oh. think that's going to be a great step forward. This is the first shots fired in the Earwolf East Coast versus West Coast War. <laughs> We're taking over, baby. Okay, but listen, we got 23 minutes left, both so you know that in general and. If at some point this guy really seems to warm up, let's get him on the phone. Option one, this guy is kind of tall and intimidating. Option two, this guy is short and intimidating. Definitely option one. Option one, tall, intimidating, maybe mafia-esque man. Option one, you got, you think this guy is high up in the chain of the mafia. Option two, this guy seems more like a street-level mafia thug. Ah. Uh. I think at one point it could have been option one, uh-huh. but by now it's it's working. It's option two working way into option one. Okay, option one. Do you find him attractive? That's really more of a yes or no. <laughs> that's not an option one. Yeah, that's a yes or no. Um, in his own rugged no. way, in his own rugged working class bad boy way. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. There's. Um. Yeah. No. I think the age. Uh-huh. Uh, difference kind of makes up for me uh-huh so this is uh okay describe not to not to go not to you know imply anything hey but. no you're not ageist you're not ageist here we live in a very pc world Thank right you, now and i know you're concerned about I ageism gotta you got to be careful about literally everything that comes out of your mouth in this day and age and i appreciate you immediately making clear you're not ageist in an anonymous phone call as you describe a man on a train uh <laughs> Okay. Describe. Can I, um, oh yeah. Can you what? Oh no, I was gonna. I, I don't know if this is generally in the format of the show, but it was a conversation I had last night, mm-hmm. and um, I wanted to kind of field a comedian's opinion on it. Um, sure. So you want to move on whole... from this Italian man desperately? You'd love to move on from very, this Italian. Very, very much though. So. <laughs> okay, great. Because yeah. I'm squeezing as much juice out of this out of this piece of low hanging fruit as I can. Um, but you've you've tried to move on two or three times now, so I'll allow it. I'll allow it to move on. This conversation you had last night. Thank you. Um, so we're actually, we're working on this, uh, next episode that we're working on. And it came up a question of, um, uh, parallel thought in jokes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this whole Amy Schumer thing has kind of blown up as a word. Mm-hmm. So it became a question. We kind of pitched, um, a, uh, desk piece that was, uh, similar in tone to a SNL skit that aired recently. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we were, uh, I hadn't even seen it. I was the one who, uh, helped kind of shape it and I hadn't even considered that yeah so uh it became like an immediate concern to me because i tried my best to you know yeah. not do that i you know appreciate the creative process with every and you know wouldn't want to steal but it becomes a question of how much um uh how how hard should one or how hard should one be on oneself when they can see parallels between uh jokes or art or anything 
Now the question um, becomes question. my initial question, because this is a co- topic that has come up in the comedy world. It always it comes up every few years. It's come up in a big way lately. My initial question is this: Is this something that you wrote and it was discovered in the brainstorming process, or was it filmed and aired? It has not aired yet. No, but you have filmed it. It was no, we haven't filmed it. We are going to be filming it in about two weeks. You want my honest advice? This might sting a little bit. Yes. Walk away. Okay. Walk away. You think so? If you if it's similar enough to an SNL sketch that someone's brought it up and you don't disagree, walk away. And I would say walk away. Not even not even because you know there is some idea of like you know intellectually you came to it upon your own. You want to execute that idea, and that's great. But what I would say is this: is that if there's something similar to it that it exists, it sets the bar, and I think you should try to maybe exceed that bar. And I know I get hung up on this too because I'll tell you something. I don't know if you watch the Chris Gethard show, which is a show I've done for a bunch of years. Um, but I see some. St- I, see, I see a lot of stuff out in the world from bigger, higher-profile shows that uh, resembles some of the stuff we do. And I will not lie to it. Lie, it gets me mad. And I think I don't think people have stolen from us, but I do think there's a responsibility to do some due diligence and uh, and maybe walk away from some ideas if people have gotten to them first. So I feel honor bound to say, walk away. Now, really, what that comes down to is how much do you agree that it's similar. Um, if other people are saying it's similar and you're like, it's not really that similar, then I'd say don't do it. But if you agree, like there's some crossover here in a way where people are definitely going to compare it and now I know about it. Yeah, I think you got to walk away. Another thing I'll say is this, is that, is that um, if you're doing a sketch comedy show, I kind of feel like there is also some responsibility to be watching every episode of Saturday Night Live. Um, oh, yeah, I... I- it's not a sketch comedy show, but I, I do already do that, yes. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Because that, that's another yeah. thing that gets me is like, uh, is sometimes people say like, you know, like, oh, this was a, this, this, this was a joke from, uh, this is a joke from this show. And people are like, oh, I didn't see it. And it's like, well, that's in your field and it's the most popular show in America or whatever. So you got to, it's probably right. on you, probably on you to uh, keep an eye on them and not vice versa. So I don't know. But I just think as a writer, as a creative person, my impulse is always, oh, somebody comparing this to a thing that's already been done, let's walk away. And that's not to be said that I uh, don't fall into it myself. I was recently doing a stand-up bit, and then my friend Mike Berbiglia pointed out to me that Chris Rock had already done that joke. Chris Rock. So I also have, oh, I also man. do not take my own advice at, at times. He was like, you know, Chris Rock already covered that. And I was like, oh, really? This is not exactly someone who's like down in the trenches at my level. This is someone where I should have. And I had seen the special. I'd seen the special. I just didn't remember it. Yeah, and that's on me. And I, you know what I did? I never did that joke again. Never did that joke again. It, that that does surprise me though, because it does not seem like you and Chris Rock would have a big well. That was my whole diagram. And most of my comedy, I, I always feel generally very safe because most of my stand up is just storytelling stuff mm-hmm. from my real life, which I always am like. It takes some pressure off where I'm like, well, no one can emulate my life, but my joke was about how a lot of people you know there's been all these tragic shootings the past year and i'm like how come all these shooters look like me like i every time i turn on the news when there's a shooting it's some guy who vaguely resembles me like that guy who shot up that movie theater who had the orange hair and thought he was the joker i'm like oh if i miss my if i don't take wellbutrin for three days i look like that guy i look like that i look that crazy my eyes get that wild Guy looks like me. That Elliot Rogers kid, that little dickhead who hated women. Like, I look yeah. at that guy and I'm like, oh, that guy looks like a dude who would have rolled with my crew in high school. And I was doing this joke. And then Burbiglia was like, you know, Chris Rock did that, like, after Columbine. 
like after Columbine, oh, he wow. was doing that. And I was like, oh, that's the thing he was doing 15 years ago. All right. Um, and I may have the facts on that wrong of the exact timing, but Berbiglia yeah, was like, but- you're going to want to, you're going to want to drop that one. Chris Rock already got to it. You know, yeah. cultural icon, comedic cultural touchstone, Chris Rock. Yeah, I think I can drop that one. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, think, yeah, I think you made the right call with that one. Yeah, um, I think so. I think so. What's the Italian yeah. guy doing? What's the Italian guy doing right now? Is um, eating? Is he eating? Uh, what book is he no. reading? Is he reading? Is he reading a newspaper or a book? He's not. I mean, he, is he playing he with his be. phone? Is I don't he playing know. with his phone? Um, it's mostly, yeah, yeah, on the phone. He's on the phone. That's the way of the world these days, isn't it? So this guy, he could, mm-hmm. he could yeah, be reading absolutely. that, uh, he could be reading that new, uh, the Harper Lee novel that some agent, some greedy agent stole from a woman suffering yeah. from dementia. Or he could be texting, uh, he could be de- texting Vinnie Boombots about what they're going to, who, who's going to wind up chopped up in the Schuylkill River tonight. Did I say that I right? Schuylkill? That new- That's a river, right? Schuylkill. Yes. The Schuylkill. Yes. Oh, you are correct. It's not spelled like Schuylkill. That word, Philly has a weird thing where there's a lot of words that are spelled in a crazy way and then pronounced in a way that's a little more normal. Like that's spelled like, yes. like the way that looks is like Schuylkill. That's how that looks on paper, but it's pronounced Schuylkill. Yes, it's it's so confusing. Many um, That's I a weird name for a neighborhood. Tell you how to spell it right now. That is a weird name. Wissahickon. You are right. I think my brother lives in Wissahickon now. Which is the one that has that crazy bike race? That crazy bike race that that sounds like the apocalypse. You know that bike <laughs> oh, race? Man. There's some bike race have... in Philly where people are just like riding down hills on bikes, beating the shit out of each other. It sounds. It honestly sounds like the world. <laughs> what uh, would happen I, if there I were think, no laws? I think that might happen every day anyway. I think that might already happen. <laughs> yeah, man. People in Philly don't mess around, man. They don't mess around. The Schuylkill, yeah, the Schuylkill River. That. I just looked it up. I tell you, it was. Uh, Look at that. It's a bank of, it's, it's a, what has one bank of the confluence upon which William Penn founded the planned city of Philadelphia, the Schuylkill. That's a weird word. Anyway, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. I derailed this completely because I find the word Schuylkill funny. I apologize for that. I no, I completely agree with you. I don't even know how to spell it properly. And I like live here. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, so yeah, yeah, I think I intellectual property-wise, the challenge notes. challenge is always to me. It's always uh, anytime I hear I might be because I, but I also get so hung up because I feel like I, I I feel like I've had a few ideas stolen from me in my day. So I always am like, I feel like if I'm gonna complain about that and I've complained about it publicly a couple times, then I gotta I can't even tread and on. And you that. have to do your due diligence. And yeah. there have time. There have been times where people you know, have pointed out to me. Gethard show too. We haven't had a guy do a character, and someone was like, "Oh, that's like so similar to a character from a super popular cartoon." And I looked it up, and I was like, "Ooh, we messed up on that. That wasn't <laughs> cool, you know." So every it happens to everybody. But if you yeah. know it, if you know it beforehand, you got to restructure that thing so there's no question. Right. Well, the thing is, it's it's already structured in a completely different way. Um, it's more of a I think like a like a late night talk show desk piece mm-hmm. like it's, it's structured like that versus a sketch yeah so and if they are like they sound similar in theory yeah. like so um, a, they both involve i'm reading sorry? between i'm reading between the lines here you think there's somebody who's a little too sensitive in your group you rolling your eyes at it oh no no no! if, if anyone's more sensitive in their industry it's me i immediately was like oh i don't know how i feel about that but mm-hmm. like sleeping on it i think it's 
it's more of a non-issue. I just, uh, I, I, I just want to make sure it's, you know, um, you know, I just want to make sure I'm doing the right thing yeah. by going forward with it. We we it. didn't have too many other ideas that competed with it. Like we all enjoyed it. Even the people who spoke up that this kind of reminds me of this, um, ended up saying, but I think we should keep it. We really enjoy it. So I, I just hope that's the right call. Um, well, yeah. And it sounds like you're thinking about it. And I think it could also be a good challenge to say, what, how, how do we protect this idea that we all like in a way where no one raises this question? It could be a good writing exercise. Right. And I'm saying this not in a condescending way at all. I hope this doesn't come off condescending. But I remember doing comedy in college, and that's also the time to make those mistakes and to experiment with how much you can do that. Like, at the end of the day, this is a campus TV station, and it is a safe space to create. And it's an interesting challenge to yourself to say, how do we use this platform now at this stage of our lives and careers to see if we can't figure out ways to brainstorm and solve this problem? Um, So I actually think part of the venue and part of the format that you're in is to try to stumble into this way. And if somebody accuses you of stealing the SNL sketch, at the end of the day, this is a platform where, you know, it would be a debate amongst other people who have access to your college station and not the end of a world. You're not going to get a reputation as a joke thief. Right. Right. The 400 people who watch on YouTube yeah, there you won't go. be uh, up in arms. Yeah. And I think if you're also really open, like if those comments come up, I think you, you could even put a comment back that says, Hey, uh, you know, we were we kind of, we realized in the writing process that this might be an issue, and part of what we were trying to challenge ourselves to do is to see if we could take this idea we came up with and structure it differently, present it in a way where it was clear it was our idea. I think you could have that dialogue. Right. So it sounded hey, that sounded like there's some people talking in the background. It sounds like there's some action on that train. <laughs> there are um, about three people behind me just talking. I don't know about what though. Okay. Um, now, okay, there's three people. Are they in the seat directly behind you? Yes. Is there any way you could position your phone surreptitiously close enough to them that I could hear their conversation? <laughs> I feel like I, I don't. I, I feel like that may break state law in some way. It may break state law. You may be eavesdropping in a way that's actually <laughs> I'm not, criminal. I'm not sure how so that works. So you're not willing yeah. to commit actual criminal <laughs> yeah. acts for my podcast because I'll tell you, I need these downloads, bruh. I need these downloads, dude. You do, I. You know, I think I think you, you get fusion to help you with that. I think that that's. Right. Hey, we'll see if fusion uh-huh. can't help push these numbers. But I'm thinking right now, how am I going to take down the cracked podcast? I'm the king of earwolf, baby. I'm the new king of earwolf. I need you to break some laws to help that happen. I need you personally to put your legal standing at risk so that I can go ahead and uh, really, really trump the other earwolf people. Putting everybody in my crosshairs. Who charted? I charted, baby. That's who charted. Shots fired, Kulop. Shots fired, Kremer. I'm the I'm the Jersey. I'm the I'm the I'm the Jersey. I'm the Jersey guy here now. Um, you also, are, I also have heard that it is a, a, a viable legal defense that if the cops arrest you, you're allowed to say, "Well, I was doing it for a podcast," and then you can't get in any trouble. I've heard that. Is that true? I think that it was passed. I think you're right. I think oh. that was a uh, Marin's law. The Marin's law. It's called yeah. It's called the Marin doctrine. It's like the Monroe doctrine, yeah, but for podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, he actually had Obama sighted in the garage. Um, yeah. He did. When that yeah, that wasn't a good joke. Yes, I apologize. He, no, it was a good joke. I get it. Now let, let me ask you this: If you weren't on the phone right now, how would you normally be uh, killing time on this train ride? Uh, Ooh, who's that? That's a ticket taker. 
No, that was the speaker. That was the speaker. So there also might be people listening to this who can isolate that audio, clean it up, and maybe figure out the exact train line that you're on. That's a good game. They could find out the train line that you're on. (laughs) Right now, I'll just give them a hint, saying that it's a Wednesday. It's Wednesday, uh, February 3rd. It's around 2.30. We, uh, if anybody wants to play a game of uh, create, find your own SEPTA map and see if we can see which line this dude none of us know took, I would love to see that pop up on like the to, message boards. If you'd like to stalk a 20-year-old yes, who already you, has anxiety issues, please. If yes. If you want to help me <laughs> freak out an anxiety-riddled 20-year-old by showing that we can use the internet to track his every movement weeks after it happened. Please do. Um, I'm sure that won't happen. Listen, though, but I asked you, yeah, if you weren't on the phone, what, how would you be, how do you handle these train rides? Um, music, podcasts, generally. I, I always like to convince myself I'm going to do some sort of homework, but I never do. Yeah. So. What's the music? What's hot? What's hot with college kids these days? You tell me what's hot oh, at Temple. Um, I, uh, oh, well, Temple is like a lot of indie rock, punk rock. But me personally, I'm also like really excited for the Kanye album. The Kanye album. Um, Mm-hmm. Do you like the punk rock too and the indie rock too, or no? You you lean more towards the hip hop. I definitely like the indie rock. The punk is, it, it can vary for me. It depends like what it is. I was never really into that. I like uh, and really you, like go porn. How do you differentiate more the indie rock? Because there's a lot at this point. I feel that's like a, there, that's a great question. There's so much crossover. I feel like at this point. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. I would say um, like the aggression of some of the music can be so much. No, then again, I'll say that, and then I'll listen to like Rug Jewel. Killer Mike and LP, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I like that, but yeah, I can't. Um, like, um, yeah, there are just some bands. I'm forgetting, uh, I think it was War on Women that you guys had on the first Gathering Show. Yeah, War on Women from Baltimore. Performers that just, I, yeah, I just couldn't vibe with them. That's not a knock on. You so, know, who are you listening to? Who are you art, listening to but, these days? We're listening to Kanye. Who else? Because I want to, I, I feel <laughs> like I, as a, as a 35 year old man with increasingly less cultural awareness and a hairline that I'm finally willing to admit is receding. I feel like I need to talk to 20-year-olds so you can fill me on, on the, what I can say to try uh, my desperate grabs to remain relevant culturally. Um, I'm sorry. I almost made a Tintin joke. I shouldn't do it. I do um, look like Tintin. I do uh, look like the French. Is he French or Belgian? No. Asterix is Belgian. French, I think Tintin's French. I do look like a French cartoon Belgian? character. I think Asterix is Belgian. <laughs> And yes, Tintin is French, I believe. We'll look that up. We'll look. I'd hate to offend all of Belgium and France by mixing, by mixing that up. Because um, we're huge. We're huge in Western Europe. We are huge. This podcast is of huge in Western Europe. Um, but yeah, I do. I look eerily like Tintin, and I don't dress dissimilarly from him either. Um, so yeah, who are you listening I, you know, to? Admitting it is the first part. We have five, five minutes. Five minutes. Oh, five minutes? Okay. Kanye. Uh, Kanye. I was listening to Kanye. Yeah, Kanye, I was yes. listening to um, Death from Above 1979. Death from Above 1979. Okay, Death from Above yeah, 1979. that's not like a... That's, I'm excited for uh, LCD sound system to be back. So LCD I'm kind of sound system. Well. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Cool cats. I tried. Um, who, who, who else? You listen, uh, to yeah. the lo- you listen to the local uh, Philly cats. Do you listen to the local Philly bands? I do. We have. Um, you got Swearing, uh, you got Waxahachie, uh, you got the Super Weeks down there. Who did you say? I'm sorry. The Super Weeks, you got the Super Weeks. That's a good band. Waxahachie, Kayatana. Kayatana. <laughs> I'm cooler than you are, man. Um, I'm asking you for the you references. Are. I'm telling you who's the cool bands. Chris, I don't, yeah, you are apps. I will not do that. 
again, remember, true. I'm the guy who is commuting an hour to and from every day. So. Hey man, you and I are very, very similar people, and I think why, that's why this conversation has felt comfortable to me. <laughs> well, thank you. Is um, the mafia guy listening uh, to music? Does the mafia guy have headphones in? He is not. He is not. If he was listening to music, what would you guess it would be? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I feel like I'm going to throw a left hook and say probably like, I don't know. That's a great question. The B-52s? The B-52s. You, <laughs> you, think, <laughs> you think mafia members are super into the B-52s. Late 80s, early 90s, art pop. Rock Lobster. You think this guy's listening to Rock Lobster right now? I love it. You think this guy resembles a, a, a man, an Italian man with slick thick hair and a windbreaker on a SEPTA train is rocking out to Rock Lobster. Hypothetically, absolutely. Wow. That's a sensitive side. I understand by that statement. That's a sensitive side. Another. We had another conductor yell in the background. If someone can isolate that audio, find out where this young man, how he commutes. We can find him and we can confront him personally in a way that will scare him. It won't happen. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, Oh, I know. I would love if somebody just came up to me one day and was like, hey, (laughs) I I heard you on that podcast. I used uh, coordinates. I used used an intense series of audio filtering systems and then GPS units to find you right here. We have two and a half <laughs> minutes left, my friend. We have two and a half oh, minutes. Man. So whatever you want to get on the table, oh. now's the time to do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because uh, I, I enjoy this show. Uh, I enjoy you and your show a lot. I want Thanks. to say that, but thank you, I guess, just for that. No, that's, that's awesome. I don't Thanks. want to make it about that, though, because... Yeah, no, yeah. this is a whole different project, um, but they all tie in together. I'm addicted to talking to people. That's what they have in yeah, common, is I'm addicted to true. interacting with people. It's just kind of a, uh, like, not wanting to kiss ass too much on this thing. But yeah, no, I, um, you know, uh, anything else I want to say? Um, this is your platform to the whole I, world, and no one will judge you for it. They don't know who you are. They might know where you are. They don't know who you are. <laughs> um, what do I want to say? That is a great question. I still think I don't know what to say. Like okay. a lot of the time. You got you anything. got a minute forty five to think of it. The one message you want. You have a platform. The one core sentence you think the world needs to hear. You have one minute and thirty five <laughs> seconds to get it out. Oops. Again, the conductor. Isolate that. Isolate um, that. We can track the progress. I want people because also people can time it. People can time it. You can use this podcast as an actual way to time the distance between stations. Are you going to slice it up? No, but you're going to have to slice it up to promote stamps.com. I don't think you're going to be able to get it timed correctly. <laughs> so true. So true. Stamps.com sponsors my breakdown on the train. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> be sure to get your postage. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know if I should be doing that. The, you know, <laughs> that the next hitman you see on a train could be, could be, <laughs> could have found you via this podcast. He could be coming for you. One sentence. Do not vote Donald Trump. Thank do you. Do not. That is my, that vote. is my statement. So you're a crew. You're voting Cruz. You're voting Rubio. Sure. Let's go with that. Um, Really? That's, yeah. I mean, no, you're a 20 no. year old college um, student. You're definitely voting for Bernie Sanders. Oh, man, you figured it out so well. <laughs> yeah, it was not a hard mystery to solve, my man. Not a really hard not. mystery to solve. Okay. Who is the mafia guy voting for? My question. 
Oh man. Who is he voting I for? think he's probably upset about Rand. Oh, he's right mad now. Rand dropped out. He's a Rand Paul guy. He's he's very sad. He's very sad. <laughs> he's so sad. He's so sad. He's a Martin O'Malley man. He's mad O'Malley called. Nobody him. nobody would listen to the drone talking now. Five, four, this has been such a fun conversation. Thank you for having it. It was awesome. Thank you. I felt like I was on that SEPTA train. I felt like I was seeing that mafia guy in my head. I grew up with a lot of people who fit that description. Thank you, young man, for calling in and sharing all of that with us. I hope everything works out with your, uh, your, your sketch TV show. I hope everything works out with your commuting and your living situation. And I hope you uh, overcome the social anxieties that are clearly driving some of, some of your life choices. We've all been there, and I hope you overcome it as well as many people do. I want to thank a few people. I want to thank Shell Shag for the wonderful intro music. I hope everybody out there digs those catchy tunes and goes and gets more from Shell Shag. I want to thank Greta Cohn, the Reverend John Delore, for turning this podcast into a listenable product and not just uh, me rambling. So we're out here doing it. I'm also out there in the real world sometimes. ChrisKeth.com for touring dates. This is Beautiful Anonymous. Maybe you'll call in and I'll get to talk to you someday. I'd love that. Sincerely, have a good one. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous. I feel like I'm giving off the impression that I hate children and yeah, you know like yes, that's not really yes. true I just don't connect to them and the fact I want to be clear yes you have given off that impression <laughs> yes absolutely yes 100% yes uh, that wasn't what I intended to do but maybe I revealed more than I know <laughs> next time on Beautiful Anonymous This is Nagin Farsad, the host of Fake the Nation, where we talk about politics, we talk about news, and we have a laugh. We were laughing. Every week, a cast of my funniest, smartest, and most politically astute friends, people like John Fugelsang, Liz Winstead, Dean Obidala, and others, tackle all the major issues like climate change. America leads the world in people who think climate change is fake. But pro wrestling is real. Guns! I started calling the NRA the AK-47%. (laughs) (laughs) Filibuster? I don't even know her! Okay, that's not a major issue, but it's a really great pun. Guys, Fake the Nation is all the comedy about politics without any of the politics about politics. (laughs) Fake the Nation! This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.